Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is writer-director Joseph Darty, and you're listening to the award-seeking show, TV Confidential. Ed Roberts here with the Reminder with the next edition of TV Confidential will premiere next week on this station at the usual time. Our guests will include David Van Dusen, longtime editor and publisher of the Walnut Times, newsletter devoted to the Dick Van Dyke Show, and the writer and producer of an excellent, fully authorized, feature-length documentary that celebrates the 60-plus anniversary of the Dick Van Dyke Show. You'll join us for that. In the meantime, on the line with us right now is Paul Friedman. Paul Friedman, longtime executive for CBS Television, oversaw the on-air promotion, which is essentially the creation and production of trailers, advertising, and marketing for various uh, CBS primetime network shows and primetime specials. Paul Friedman, also the author of The Unexpected, Danny Green, new novel available right now through Amazon.com. We mentioned some of the marketing campaigns uh, you've worked on before uh, in uh, throughout your career at CBS, the uh, Kennedy Center Honors, the Grammy Awards, the Victoria's Secret Fashion Show. All three of those, Paul, they happen to have a built-in audience. Um, or e- even if you're working on a show like CSI or one of the CSI spinoffs or the NCIS spinoffs, those shows all have a built-in audience. Is it easier to direct a campaign when you have a built-in audience or are there cases where even having a built-in audience poses a challenge? Well, yes. You, when you have a franchise, obviously, you, you're, it's very clear that you're going to have a certain audience that's going to tune in. But what makes that particular show that night, that year, unique? What is it? In the Grammys, they discovered a few years ago the unique pairing of performers was going to make that show something special. The Grammys have 15 or 16 live performances that you, of, of people who are paired together who never were before necessarily. Mm-hmm. So we were able to take that information and, and exploit it. I mean, you're never going to see Prince and Beyonce necessarily performing together and opening the show and singing his hits and her hits. Mm-hmm. This is something that the audience now is primed for. They know it's the Grammys. The Grammy carries tremendous integrity on its own. But now you've got these unique performances. Uh, Paul McCartney and Bruce Springsteen. Come on. <laughs> who's not, who, who's gonna, who doesn't want to see that? Yeah. So, yes, to answer your question, it's the, franchise, the franchise title gets people in the tent. But if you really want to get that audience to grow, you've got to have something very special for them. 
And the great thing about the Grammys was that it was a performance-oriented show. Many of the other award shows, like the Oscars, they give out awards. You get speeches, they give out awards, and then you get another speech and maybe you have a performance or two. You also oversaw the campaigns for three of the biggest, most successful reality show franchises in the history of television, Survivor, Big Brother, The Amazing Race, all still going strong after more than 20 years on the year. Why do you think these shows still connect with viewers, Paul? Well, the first one, let's talk about briefly about Survivor. I'm in my office. It's just before the summer. We're told, look, the guy I work for comes down. He says, what do you think about a show where we're going to abandon people on a deserted island? We're not going to give them any food. We're not going to give them any clothing. And they're going to have to build a civilization and somehow survive. And I looked at my friend who was sitting with me. I said, wait a minute. This is, this is every person's fantasy. What would I do if I were shipwrecked? Mm-hmm. We, we've all read uh, Treasure Island. We've all seen the New Yorker cartoons where the, the, single, the single palm tree and two people discussing the fate of the world. And we thought, this is an incredibly interesting concept. Obviously, it's going to be executed well. And that was the beginning of our understanding of what Survivor would be. Survivor premiered on a Wednesday night in the summer of 2000, and it did very well. It ran for 13 weeks. Each successive week, we took on 3 million, 5 million, then 3 more, then 5 more. And then by the time it was over, in 13 weeks, the finale got 55 million viewers Mm -hmm. tuning in. It was just a phenomenon, a complete and total phenomenon. We were having so much fun with the promotion of that show. We would say, if you're not watching Survivor on Wednesday, what will you talk about Thursday? That's right. Um, we, we, I actually wrote a line where I said, if you're not watching Survivor on Wednesday, you don't have a TV. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how would you even have gotten that message? Yeah. But it, it, it was a very heady time. It was so much fun. Anyway, that, there's something enduring about seeing these people under tremendously tense situations, having to build a civilization, uh, avoid paranoia, and and succeed in physical challenges. And that's similar to The Amazing Race, Mm -hmm. I think. I think you're you're seeing unique pairings of individuals and how they have to figure out in a foreign country with a foreign language how to perform the appropriate task and get to the end. I no longer watch Survivor regularly. When I do watch The Amazing Race, the biggest difference, and again, maybe this is part of the appeal why both of those shows are still going strong, is that they're essentially competitions, but the competitions are quite different. when, When I think of The Amazing Race, the word frenetic pops into mind because all the teams are competing against each other to achieve the goal, but there's some traveling involved, a little globe hopping involved, and that adds to the intensity of the competition, whereas... Survivor is relatively static in that it's one location, but there's a lot of internal drama that adds to that location. They're similar shows, but they're contrasting shows, and that's why they're still going strong. That's true, but I think another point is the characters, the individuals. Yes. Who would you relate? You know, you've got to relate to these people. Mm-hmm. You've got to find them despicable if you think they're a villain. You've got to find them uh, attractive. If, if, if there's someone that's, that's beautiful or handsome or got a great body, they're, they're, you have to latch on. The, the public needs a, a point of access. And these shows, with the variety of, of the casts, 
always have a point of access for somebody. You can always root for somebody. And that's what we constantly reminded ourselves when we were promoting these shows. Who are these people? Why do I care? Why should I care? And how are they going to surprise you? Of all the campaigns, this is probably this is a loaded question, but let me ask it anyway. The, of, of all the campaigns you've worked on in your career, Paul, um, was there one where you thought, okay, this show has all the makings of a hit, and yet for one reason or another, it didn't take off? Wow. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I, I'm trying to think back. I'm sure there were failures. I'm sure there were many, many failures along the way. But you know what they say, uh, success has many fathers and failure is an orphan. Well, let me see if I can help you out a little bit because it's never a good idea to stump the guest on the air. So, uh, 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 I'm not being coy. I'm really no, thinking. No, no, no. I, I know, but you mentioned the, you know, the summer and fall of 2000, which is when Survivor first hit the scene. One example that pops into mind, and I'm not sure whether you worked on this campaign or not, but I remember fall of 2000, Conventional wisdom was that the you know on CBS was that the fugitive with Tim Daly that was the show that everyone said that's gonna be the hit that's the show that's gonna carry CSI and all the other shows on Friday night and yet the opposite happened. You're absolutely one hundred percent right. There was no question, no question in anyone's mind what you were saying. It's amazing that you would remember that because. I remember it now very clearly. I did not work on the launch of those shows. Okay. But everybody thought, you're right, the Tim Daly show was going to be a huge success and maybe the CSI show. But there again, the public discovered it, the public latched onto it, and it became something so tremendously unique. And as you know, the franchises, the CSI franchises have become the most successful franchise, I think, in television history. I, I can think of one reality show. I think it was called The Will. I remember that. Yes. And that's, that was one that didn't quite get there. Uh, everybody, this old guy, I think, was had, had a bunch of kids, and uh, older kids, and they were all, they were all uh, someplace in the Midwest or the South, and they were all sort of scrambling to see who was going to get the money in his will. That was a show that didn't quite make the grade. <laughs> the audience will tell you pretty quickly that you haven't succeeded. And yeah, and, and the fact that you and I are probably the, are, are the only ones who remember the will that says a lot right right there. Uh, Paul Friedman, <laughs> longtime executive for CBS Television, author of the unexpected Danny Green new novel about an African American athlete who overcomes his humble beginnings to become a major player in the world of sports and entertainment. The unexpected Danny Green available Amazon.com. Final question for now, Paul. I understand you're working on another book called Hollywood's Unluckiest Superstars. What can you tell us about that without giving too much away? Well, it, it, it wouldn't be giving anything away. I, I thought to myself, what is the greatest trivia question of all time? And for, with regard to Hollywood, who are the superstars that have all won Oscars but never won it for their acting? And the list is about 10 people uh, from Warren Beatty, to uh, uh, Charlie Chaplin, Orson Welles, Clint Eastwood, I, I could go on. These people have all won Oscars, and you thought, uh, of course they've won it for their acting. <laughs> but, they, but they haven't. They've won it for producing, they've won it for directing, they've won it for writing. 
So I was working on this idea that um, let's talk about the movies that they did. Let's talk about the times they were nominated. But th the specific thing is they won an Oscar. They just have never won it for acting. Uh, until two years ago, Brad Pitt was on the list. Yeah. So it's really kind of a funny, funny idea I had, and, and I just thought, well, this is curious. So I started researching it, and uh, right now the book is very close to completion. Uh, the key thing is clearing the, the pictures. I, lo I love to include a lot of photographs of, of the actors, but that's the challenge we're facing right now, putting it together. I know a little of what you speak. Let's just put it that way. Uh, well, tell you what, when Hollywood's unluckiest superstars is ready to go and you're ready to talk about, come back and visit us in TV Confidential. I would love to do that. Thank you so much. It's great to talk to you and to communicate with your listeners. This, this has been a real joy. The Unexpected Danny Green by Paul Friedman, available right now through Amazon.com. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Hi. I'm Kenny Lester, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Ed Robertson with a reminder that Tony Tenille will star as matchmaker Dolly Levy in a lavish production of Jerry Herman's Hello, Dolly, that will take place at the Yavapai College Performing Arts Center in Prescott, Arizona, from Thursday, November 3rd through Sunday, November 20th. For tickets and more information, 928 776 2000 928 776 2000 or visit ycpac.com ycpac.com also a reminder that the unexpected Danny Green by Paul Friedman available amazon.com wherever books are sold online that'll do it for our program this week folks Ed Robertson back for Tony Figueroa Donna Allen Phil Grace and Greg Airbar thank you so much for listening stay healthy stay safe we'll talk to you next time on TV Confidential Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.